The following contains descriptions of physical violence, sexual violence, and graphic descriptions of autopsies. Hey listeners, welcome to episode 61 of TGIC Podcast. I'm Jillian. And I'm Izzy. So we're going to start again by apologizing. Why are you posing like a superhero? I don't know. It just felt like it feels kind of good. Okay. Anyway, we're going to start by apologizing again because it's been forever. We're so sorry, y'all. Like, this is seriously, like, we never thought, we, like, I can't believe we used to do this weekly. I know. Dude, this year has just kind of been really hard, and we're yeah. tr- we're trying. It's and just, we love doing it too. Yeah, no, it's just it's hard to find time that we can both record. It's fine. It's like hard to find time to do research. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's really hard to find time to record just because we both have such busy schedules and it's yeah, like the and opposite like, of each other. Exactly, and we don't want to like. I don't. It's just Where recording. I don't know, but yeah, it's hard to find time to record, especially since we always have to have so much stuff ready. Yeah, so it's been really hard, but we're going to try to get back on track as best as possible. So we have this episode coming out, and then we have another one coming out in two weeks. Yeah, so now that we've apologized again, um, we are going to try something a little bit different today. So I researched a case that I'm going to cover in this episode, and then our next new episode is going to be a case that Izzy did research for. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of going to take the lead on today's episode. Izzy's going to react, and then we'll switch places next week, or two weeks, whatever the next time is. Um, so this week, I'm just going to go ahead and present the case, and yeah, we're trying something new, keeping it fresh. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I keep <laughs> waiting for you to respond, then I remember it's like, this is not your, like, episode. No, yeah, this isn't my episode. I don't even, like, we haven't even looked at each other's cases. Yeah. So. Okay. So today, I'm going to cover the murder of Janelle Matthews, and so I'm going to start with a little bit of background. Uh, Janelle Matthews was born on February 9th, 1972 in Santa Barbara, California, her biological mother was 13 years old when she had Janelle, Whoa. and she was adopted by Jim and Gloria Matthews, who lived in Greeley, Colorado. So that's where Janelle moved. So she really didn't live in California. She just was immediately adopted because her birth mother was so young. Um, Jim, her adoptive father, was the principal at Platte Valley Elementary School in uh, another nearby town in Colorado. And the two also had another daughter named Jennifer, who was older than Janelle. So at the time of her disappearance, Janelle was 12 years old, and she went to Franklin Middle School and was a part of the school choir there. Okay, so I'm going to do the timeline. I have something that's kind of off topic, but I almost did a case, and I'll tell you where I got it from. I was on Snapchat. Oh, God. And I looked on Snapchat News. And nothing ever good comes from that. No, but it was, like, such an interesting case. But I'm glad I didn't do it because it was another little girl, so. I didn't. Two little girls in a row, I feel like. Yeah. No, what was the future? I can't remember her name. Oh, that's so helpful. I'm so glad that you spend your time on Snapchat news. I feel like you spend a concerning amount of time looking at Snapchat news. Because it's just so entertaining. You ever see, like, the gay news? Yeah. It's, like, really colorful, too. Like, it just (laughs) keeps me very, like, engaged. You know how, like, there's, like, they need you to be, like, one of those tester people for, like, if the ads work. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna start. Actually, Loki, I do watch Snapchat news sometimes because if there's it's like good. if there's good enough celebrity stuff. Yeah, when it's like oh, someone someone is dating this other person or this person cheated on this person. Like, I'm always watching know. shit about JoJo Siwa. Yeah, honestly, out of all the celebrities in like recent times, JoJo Siwa has been my favorite to keep up Cause with. Cause she's like, uh, shockingly like kind of problematic. Is she? she? What'd she do? 
Nothing. There's just all that drama with her and her, like, girlfriend now and, like, how they think that they cheated on both of their exes. Oh, shit. With each other. I didn't know there was drama. I like JoJo Siwa. Yeah. Okay, but I did see... I did see videos with um, her new girlfriend and the ex-girlfriend, mm-hmm. and they were really cute, and then all of a sudden they just broke up. Yeah, exactly. And then she started dating JoJo Siwa. Maybe it's for clout, question mark? Yeah, maybe. That was so off topic. But anyway, I, I do watch a lot about JoJo Siwa on Snapchat <laughs> News. <laughs> okay. Anyways. I'm going to start with the timeline. So on December 20th of 1984, like around the evening, Janelle was actually performing in a holiday concert at the Intrawest Bank in Denver with her school's choir. Uh, so her father couldn't go because he was taking her other sister, Jennifer, to her basketball game, and then her mom was out of town. So her friend Deanna, um, she, she went with her friend Deanna, and their father, ugh, it's been too long since we recorded, clearly. So um, Janelle got a ride with her friend Deanna. Her father, Russell, drove both of them to the event and home, which I think was, like, a little bit far because it was outside of where Mm -hmm. they lived in Greeley. So around 8.15 p.m., Janelle was dropped off at the house, and she went inside, and no one else was home, so she was home alone for a little while. At 8.30, Janelle took a phone call and left a message for her father. It was a teacher from her father's school calling in sick for the next day. So Janelle, like, wrote this message down on a piece of paper and just left it next to the phone, and... That is the last time that anyone is known to have spoken with her. I just find that really eerie. I don't know why. That is really eerie. The way that there was, like, she was clearly there. Like, she took this message. She wrote it down. She left it next to the phone. Like, she was clearly there. And then just, like, no no one ever heard from her again. Oh, my God. So, at 9.30, Janelle's father arrived back home. The garage door was open, but there was no one there. The TV and lights were still on. And Janelle's shoes and shawl were placed next to the heater in the living room. And they were next to a place where she usually sat, so people figured, like, she was sitting there and then got up in a hurry. Which, that's, again, is just, like, eerie. That's so eerie. Like, it was like she was there and then just, like, poof. Wasn't, yeah. So, at 10 p.m., Jennifer, Janelle's sister, got home from her game. I'm not really sure why they came home separately. I guess maybe Jennifer was, like, out with friends after or something. Mm-hmm. But um, she hadn't seen Janelle either. And so Janelle's father decided to call the police. I guess, um, I think he was holding out hope that maybe, like, Janelle had gone out to see her sister or something. I don't know. But then he called the police. Um, The police arrived at 10.15. In the initial search, they noticed footprints outside the windows, which indicated someone had been, like, standing there and looking into the house. Mm, No. No, that's my biggest fear. Like, looking out of the window and someone's, like, outside in there. That really scares me. I have front-facing windows, and I'm just so scared that one day I'm going to, like, look at them and there's someone, like, standing there. Like, that's horrifying. Um, there were no signs of forced entry or violence, and it was also snowing, and Janelle didn't have any shoes on. Her, they were, like, left behind, which oh. is really strange, and so it's really unlikely that she left voluntarily because her shoes were, like, there. There. And, like, here's the other thing. Like, it's not like someone could be like, oh, maybe she just wore a different pair of shoes. Then why were there just shoes sitting in the living room? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's weird. And also, you never know, like, some people, she probably only had, like, one pair of, like, snowshoes or, like, yeah. winter shoes. Yeah, and, like, I, no one's ever said anything about there being another pair of shoes missing. Yeah. So, she basically has no shoes, and it's snowing. Okay, so then there's a really, you know, there's a chunky chunk. Ah, I can't <laughs> speak. I'm sorry, guys. A chunky chunk. Uh, my, oh. my, <laughs> my brain died today. Okay. Um, on May 28th of 1985, which is five months after Janelle's disappearance, a piece of scalp was found on a farm in Greeley. <laughs> Why are you making that face at me? Scalp? It was a piece of scalp. Oh. Anyway, 
Um, it was like a farm dog found it. Anyway, oh. it was a very small piece with medium length brown hair, which was similar to Janelle's. And unfortunately, because of miscommunications, the police didn't actually search the farm any further for another two months. Like, the sheriff's office got it and then, like, didn't give it to the police or something. Yeah, and so what? there was just a weird miscommunication. But eventually, once it was handed over to the police, testing was done by the FBI, but the results came back inconclusive. Which doesn't make sense because they had, like, DNA with the skin. Yeah, but I think it's just, like, the testing at the time was not as efficient and, True. like, they couldn't really determine conclusively. Mm-hmm. So after it returned, like, the piece returned to Colorado, Janelle's mother, Gloria, took a look at it. And obviously, she's not a professional and she said that, but she didn't think it was Janelle's because Janelle's hair had, like, more of a reddish tint. And mm-hmm. she said she, like, obviously doesn't know for sure anything, but she didn't think it was Janelle's. And the police eventually concluded that it wasn't Janelle's and the lead was just, like, forgotten. But, like, Loki, like, who was, whose scalp was no, that? No, yeah, why was there just a chunk of scalp like, on the Like, did they ever figure that out? Because it was clearly human. Like, Ugh. did somebody ever circle back? Anyway. Okay, so then there's just, like... I'm going to go over, like, what happened, like, in the in-between time during the investigation. So, um, there was some police investigation, but it really didn't turn up any information that would lead to them finding Janelle. There was, like, occasional leads, but nothing really, like, major. Mm-hmm. In 1994, Janelle was declared legally dead, so her family oh. could have some closure. And, okay, then there's this really sad part. I, f- I thought this was so sad. So, Janelle's birth mother was initially put on surveillance after this, the disappearance just because of the whole, like, you know... She was adopted. Yeah. It's usually a custodial or non. It's usually a non-custodial parent in a kidnapping case. Mm-hmm. So they like put her on surveillance, but like didn't talk to her, and basically they just decided she didn't do it. Like she clearly had no idea. However, no one actually ever told her what happened to Janelle. And in oh 1997, her birth mother asked if it would be okay if she met Janelle, and her family had to like tell her that Janelle was like gone. That's actually horrible. Isn't that just so sad? That's, like, that just makes my heart hurt. The family and, like, her birth mother actually became friends after that. But I just feel like that's so sad. That is really sad. Like, years went by. She'd already been missing for, like, 13 years. And nobody thought to tell her. That's so sad. Okay, and then another lead turned up in 2014. There were human remains that were discovered near the train tracks in northwest Greeley. Um, which is very close to Janelle's neighborhood, but police actually just never commented on whether or not the remains belonged to Janelle. People were like, oh my god, is it Janelle? And then they were like, we don't want to say anything at this time. And then the lead went away. Oh my god. Okay, so then again, there's another time jump. This is basically how this case went. Like, she disappeared, there was a lot going on in one night, and then, like, just occasional leads popped up over time. So, in July, on July 23rd of 2019, excavators building a pipeline found remains at an intersection on county roads in Colorado. Mm-hmm. The site was actually 15 miles southeast of Janelle's house, and the coron- coroner's office... Ugh, I really can't speak. Can't speak. I can't speak. I should have done, like, vocal exercises before we started. So, the coroner's office determined through DNA that they were Janelle's remains. Oh. And the cause of death listed is a gunshot wound to the head. That just doesn't make any sense. Why? I don't know. It's just like, she's a little girl. Like, that's like execution style. Wow. It's like this is your first true crime case. I know, I know, but it's just like, it's sad. <laughs> I know, it's sad. Sorry, I'm like laughing, but your reactions to me are funny. Um, yeah. Okay, so then I'm going to go over the suspects and theories now. Jesus, this is like a really short episode. <laughs> Um, 
That's good. Izzy's, uh, Izzy's episode is, will make up for my shortness. Okay, because I'm sorry, y'all. I was, like, really late on the researching, and then I found this case that I, like... So, if you're an OG, you know that I got, like, went down the rabbit hole with the Elisa Lamb case. It's like that. It's bad. Anyway, so I guess my, like, mini episode will balance that out with... Plus, it's, like, festive. It's not festive! You can't say that. But it's, like, it's in the same time. Dude, today, I came up with this episode title, right? And we're sitting in math class after we took a quiz. And I'm trying to text Izzy, but, like, our school service is, like, a hot mess. So my texts aren't going through. So I'm whispering to her. I'm going, Izzy, is this an insensitive (laughs) name for our episode? And I think people were, like, glaring at us because they are trying to finish our quiz. And our teacher was sitting right there. Literally. And I'm, like, whispering about this. like, And I'm, like, not understanding. Yeah. She kept, she was like, what? I was like, huh? It was really funny. That's the thing about Izzy. Like, I could try to be so slick and she might just not hear me. But instead of just being like, tell me later, I can't hear you, she will go, huh? Like, really <laughs> loudly. Because I want to know. Like, I, like, I'm not patient. I need to know. Yeah. Okay, anyway, I'm going to move on to suspects and theories. So, the first theory is the donut work theory. So, in 1990. The donut work? The donut. What? It sounded like you said donut work. Donut work. I know, but it's like you said, donut work. Donut work? Oh. <laughs> um, the Doe Network. So in 1990, a young woman was killed in a car accident in Huntington Beach, California. The woman could not be identified. However, she shared, she shared similar attributes to Janelle. So the woman told her name, people... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. The woman who had been hit by the car had told people that her name was Andrea, that she was new to the area and was looking for for her birth parents. Um, So just before her disappearance, Janelle had also mentioned wanting to reconnect with her birth mother, who did live in California. The two women also had very similar uh, physical attributes. Um, Jane Doe had worn braces at some point, and Janelle was wearing braces when she had disappeared. Both had pierced ears and acne scars on their chins. They both had brown hair and brown eyes. And then the Jane Doe was estimated to be about 19. And in 1990, Janelle would have been around 18 or 19. And, like, this theory is entirely circumstantial. Those are very common attributes. Yeah. I mean, like, those are not very distinctive. I'm sure there's, like, hundreds, thousands of people probably with all those attributes. But it's entirely circumstantial. People are just kind of trying to, like, find an answer for a bit. Um, but basically this theory centered around the fact that maybe Janelle had run away to meet her birth mother or probably more likely that she was abducted and then somehow taken to California and then she was able to escape at some point and then decided to go find her birth mother. Which one do you think is more likely? Because I feel like it makes more sense that she was abducted, taken to California, then she ran away. That makes more sense to me. Because I feel like, you know, if you, once you're in California, then you're thinking like, you know, I could go like here are my options. I don't really know how to get back to my other parents, but, like, my birth mother probably lives here. Yeah. Anyway. That makes more sense, too, especially with the time jump. Yeah. Um, so that's, like, a kind of iffy theory, but it is something that people were discussing. Okay, and then this is not really a theory. I just find this fucking creepy as shit. Okay, the concert video. So, in 2018, the Greeley police released a video of Janelle performing in the choir concert from right before she disappeared, like, the one she had just been at. So, it's just incredibly creepy to me. The video itself is, like, totally normal, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But about 30 seconds into the video, Janelle makes a face described. I literally, I had to quote this because it was phrased, like, perfectly. I couldn't change it. It was somewhere between, like, a grimace and, like, a try-to-make-your-friend-laughed face. 
Oh, I know exactly what that would look like. Like, I know when I, like, ever I make eye contact with Izzy when I'm, like, acting and stuff, I have to, like, look away so I don't laugh, but, like, I want to make her laugh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, I guess it was kind of described like that. Um. So, it also looked like she was, like, responding to someone in the audience, like, not just, like, making a face. Like, it was clearly in reaction to something. Mm-hmm. But this is really weird because... I said earlier, like, her family wasn't there. Her dad and her sister were at this basketball game. Her mom was out of town. So, Ooh. like, who was she making this face at? Because, like, I, I it don't... It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, and, like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't make that for no reason. Yeah, and also, like, here's the other thing. Like, realistically, th- it was a school choir concert, yes. However, it was also in Denver. So, it's not like people from her school were probably going to this. Yeah. It's far away. It's on, like, a school night. And also, you would have heard about it. There would have been people who were like, oh, yeah, I was... Yeah, I don't know. So, it wasn't her family. The only other people that would have been there, like, it would have been weird for them to be there, or it would have been weird that she was making face at them. Anyway, so, <gasps> it just creeps me out. And then also, this video that the police had, the video is almost entirely focused on Janelle. Which is, like, who would have been there just recording her? Exactly. Like, she is always in frame. No other student is always in frame. Like, sometimes it goes, like, around her a little bit, but she is always right there. So who was recording this? And, like, who turned this video in? Were the police not, like, who the fuck turned this video into us? No, yeah, like, was it, like, an anonymous tip or something? Or was it, like, someone... Because it's weird that it's just a video of her. Yeah. Because, like, even, like, if her friend's dad that brought her there was recording, for, like, for her parents, you'd think that, like, he would also have video footage of his daughter. Like, not just a whole ass yeah. video of just Janelle. Like, that's weird. So who recorded this? Why weren't the police, like, hello? And like, why didn't they volunteer that information? Like... Or, like, made more of an effort to search? I don't know. Yeah, like, it's that's so really weird. creepy. And so that's why a lot of people suspect that whoever made it was, like, her abductor, someone that kind of knew her. And, like, mm-hmm. it was weird for them to go to this, but, like, maybe she knew them. I don't know. Yeah. But I find that video so creepy. I need to watch it now. Something about yeah. it is just so creepy to me. Okay. So this case is actually solved. Oh, it is? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I when I first heard about this case, it was unsolved. It got solved, like, fairly recently. Hmm. And, like, the actual, like, final conclusion of this case happened really recently. So, that's kind of interesting. So, the final suspect and confirmed killer is Steve Pankey. So, also stupid fucking name. Like, yeah, that is a stupid name. Okay. Anyway. Someone, in, they probably mocked him in elementary school and were like, Steve Spanky. Oh, I was thinking it sounded like pancake. Yeah. But, okay, Spanky works, too. Spanky, pancake. Um, anyway, in 2019, they announced that the former Idaho government candidate... What? Yeah, he tried to run for, like, lieutenant governor and then governor twice in Idaho. (sighs) Anyway, Steve Pankey, he was a person of interest in this case. They searched his house because he had... They had probable cause that he was involved in the murder. Mm -hmm. Um, he used to live three miles from Janelle and was a youth pastor at her church. Mm -mm, Anything... mm Mm-mm. Like... I'm sorry if you're a youth pastor, but I feel like every time I hear about a youth pastor in a true crime case, it never ends well. No, that's actually so true because in the other case that I'm talking, or the one that I'm talking about, I'm talking about, like... Youth pastors? Not youth pastors, but Mormonism. Oh. Which isn't just religion, period. <laughs> but it's like a big motif throughout my... Anyway, thing. he was a youth pastor at her church. So apparently he made several attempts to talk to police, but then would, like, refuse to answer questions once he sat down. Which kind of reminds me of What's-His-Face. Do you remember our second episode... The Lion Sisters? Yeah, yeah, that dude, Lloyd Lee Welcher, is that his name? Yeah, and he kept, like, volunteering from, yeah. Yeah, he'd volunteer information, like and then he would, like, no, be like, I, no thanks. It yeah. was really weird. Yeah. Anyway, so basically this guy was doing that. 
Um, so his ex-wife also said that they made an unexpected trip two days after the disappearance, which Steve Pankey was like, oh, yeah, that was planned and, like, gave all this evidence, but, like, the, the, like, documentation of the trip was, like, super phony looking. And, like, I just think it's weird that his wife was like, yeah, this was, like, totally unplanned, and then he was like, it was totally planned. Like, that's weird That's to me. fishy. Anyway... He also apparently took a really special interest in the case. Like, he was constantly listening to the radio. He mm-hmm. made his wife read him newspaper articles about the disappearance. Just, like, very, very obsessed. Yeah. He also did weird shit. After their trip, he started digging in their yard. <laughs> like, like a dog? Yeah, I don't fucking know. Like, like weird <laughs> shit. Um, also, right after, one of their cars caught on fire and completely burned and had to be disposed of. That's not normal. No. No, that's not. His ex-wife said that church at a church event after the disappearance, a minister said Janelle would be found safe. And Steve Mutter, Steve, <laughs> Steve Mutters, he was a false prophet. I'm sorry. Like, why didn't his wife say anything sooner? I'm sorry. What? That's so weird. But can you imagine you're just sitting in like a church service with like your, your husband? husband, who's a youth pastor, and he like. The guy is like, oh, yeah, Janelle's going to be found safe. And you're like, yeah. And then your husband goes, false prophet. The fuck? That's so That's so fucked. Okay, so, and then this is, like, unrelated to him, I think. But his son was also murdered in 2008. Oh. Why do you, like, I mean, I feel bad, I guess. I'm, like, grimacing. Like, Like, it's just, like... Anyway, this is unrelated to him, I think. I don't know. It was kind of, like, mentioned very casually. But his son was murdered in 2008. But apparently at his funeral, he said, I hope God didn't allow this to happen because of Janelle Matthews. And nobody arrested him on the spot? No, like, nobody said anything. Like, what do you mean by that, homie? Like, I just, like, that's a weird thing to say. And especially since this was so late after that happened. I know. This was years. Like, that's a... Okay. I don't know how nobody noticed this sooner. Yeah. Anyway, on October 13th of 2020, Stephen Pankey was indicted. Indicted. I'm sorry, guys. Indicted on charges of murdering and kidnapping Janelle Matthews. His initial case ended in a mistrial because of a divided jury, which uh, Mm. I don't know. Uh, The prosecution had said his behavior and statements about the case, like, straight up incriminated incriminated him, which, like, I agree. Like, those Mm. are not normal things he did and said. Why did he do it? Like, do they even know? I think he just had, like, a fixation on her. Um, and then this, like, bothered me, but his defense attorney said that his obsessive interest in Janelle's case could be attributed to Asperger's syndrome. But, like, but, nowhere did it actually say he had that, so I don't know if that was, like, his defense attorney coming up with something or just trying to use that, but even so, so it has, like, there's other stuff besides yeah, his fixation. Yeah, like, even if he did have Asperger's syndrome, like, that can't be the only thing that's... Yeah, he he did weird stuff. It wasn't in, yeah, like it wasn't just it wasn't just like that he was interested in the case. Yeah. Anyway, after a retrial, he was found guilty on October thirty first of this year. <gasps> which is like really That's crazy. Recent. Like that was like the other day. Yeah. Um, he was sentenced to twenty years uh to life in prison, and Janelle's sister Jennifer was really just grateful to have closure in this case. Yeah. I mean, not that it's like a happy ending, but like. But it's closure. It is closure. Yeah. So, yeah, this was the murder of Janelle Matthews. Uh, Tune in again in two weeks for Izzy's episode. And in the meantime, follow follow us on Instagram at tgic.podcast. Bye!